Hey there, we're real glad you found our podcasts from Life Church in Benalla, Australia. We pray this message is a real blessing to you. But let me share some thoughts that, I mean, these thoughts could, uh, these points, whatever you want to call them, could apply generally today and they could apply to those who are finding themselves in a down spot right now or who have in the past. And uh, life has its ups and downs and uh, I don't go looking for bad times, <laughs> but when they come I'm not shocked or surprised either. They're just something that's to be gone through and we grow as we go through them and we learn from them. So the first point I want to share with you today is this. When you find yourself in a bad place in your life, what you need to do firstly, foremostly, is search for truth. If you're writing points down, you need to search, you need to find truth. Why are you there? What's going on? What is the truth? And uh, where do you find truth? Good question, isn't it? It's not really. You find it in the Word of God, but it's interesting where people will go in the world today to try and find truth. And this is not a bad day. This is it's not working. It's a bad day. I mean, it's not it's not working out well. So we we got to look up our star signs and see what we maybe we're doing wrong. And I remember I, I shouldn't be naughty. I can't help it though. I, I remember sitting in the doctor's surgery once and. And who's ever got to the doctor's surgery and on time and went in on time? Have you ever? I think they'd have to have paramedics there treating people for heart attacks if that ever happened. I, I, you always wait for hours, don't you? I've had appointments at quarter past nine in the morning. I thought, well, you know, man, eleven o'clock one. I thought, man. Anyway, I, that's my little gripe against the medical system. But I, I was there one day and I just thought, ah. Oh, there's this stupid magazine. I thought, what a load of rubbish. And I saw the star sign, you know, and there was some, I forget what they are even. And I thought, I wonder if they're in some of them other ones. And I've got another magazine and they're all different on the same day. So <laughs> there's not a lot of help, are they? <laughs> but people will search anything looking for truth, you know, phone a friend. And, uh, and I've got nothing, I've got nothing against phoning a friend. Um, we need friends. We need good friends. I think good friends are, are a godly asset in our lives. And, uh, I've got many good friends here and I know each of you have as well. And, uh, so I'm not, I'm not putting that down, but, uh, phone a friend's good if your friend will tell you the truth in love and not go along with you to not upset you. That then, then friends are really, really, really good. And I think a lot of our Christian maturity comes out when we will allow that to happen. <laughs> because sometimes we can make mistakes, can't we? We need people to say, hey, I wouldn't do that. I don't think that's a good idea. Um, the Bible says this, I wouldn't do that, I'd do this. And sometimes we need to hear that, don't we? We really do. And uh, because God, God didn't, you notice the Lord, he, he didn't sook up Elijah. He didn't, you know, Elijah said, yeah, the whole nation's 
turned their back on you. They've killed the prophets. I'm <laughs> the only one left. And, and God didn't say, oh, goodness me, I hadn't noticed that. Oh, Elijah, poor fella, come and sit. Oh, my God, can I get you a drink? You know, like you, you want a coffee? You know, I just, oh, I'm so sad for you. He didn't say that, did he? Like, he just said, what are you doing here? <laughs> That's a load of garbage. Like, don't go dribbling on with me about that. Never told you to come here. And uh, we need the truth in love. We need to find it. We always will find that in the Word of God. Is that right? We will always find truth in the Word. And, uh, uh, you know, the truth and the truth will set you free and sanctify them, Lord, by your word. Your word is truth, you know, all the, the truth scriptures. But you get truth out of scripture. And, and I tell you what, there's not a whole lot of it in the world today, but you'll get truth out of the word of God. And so it's a very important, it always plays a, a very important part in our lives, whether we're going well or whether we're going through a hard time, has the power to set us free, does it not, if we believe it? If we believe it and apply it to our lives, it has incredible power to set us free, change the direction of our lives to get us through the hardest of places. And uh, I'm getting read, and I used to do it, I haven't, I probably haven't done it so much since I've been married, but I remember as a Young fellow, I read a book of old Roberts, and uh, he was just so set on the uh, the comfort and the authority and the ability of the Word of God to minister to a person's heart that when he was going for a really tough time, he used to put it under his pillow and sleep. He just felt that the Word was close to him. It was right under his head, if you know what I mean, and I'm not saying it has to be there. It could be on the table or on the wherever too. But uh, and I just thought, yeah, I, I like that. I want it close to me, you know. And uh, it's something really, 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 really beautiful. If we believe it and act on it, if we don't believe it and we don't do what it says, it's a waste of time. You got to agree with that. I mean, that's not even real clever preaching. Uh, you know what did James say? We've got to be doers of the word, not hearers only. It's all right hearing and getting instruction and thinking, wow, that's so good. Have you done it? Well, well I haven't had time or whatever. That We've got to be doers of it. But if we are, it's fantastic. Amen? Incredible power and authority in the word of God. Number two. Number two. Obedience in believing and carrying out God's word are huge keys to getting out of bad places. Obedience is always in there somewhere. Who knows what obedience is? <laughs> Who likes being obedient? It's a bit of a bit of a <clears throat> uh, yeah. What shall we say? It can be difficult, can't it? it? Can be difficult sometimes to be obedient. Yeah, it can be. But you have to be obedient and do what ask, what God asks you to do. You just do. You just really, really, really do. And I believe you've got to be obedient when God asks you to do something, when he asks you to do it. And uh, I know when 
the Lord very, 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 very clearly spoke to Pam and I at the same place, the door of the multi-purpose room, uh, at the same time, only we didn't know it at that time, uh, and asked us to come here. It just wasn't a good time to ask us. It just wasn't a good time in our business life. It just, there was, there was just in, in our family, it just wasn't a good time. And people said, why didn't you wait a couple of years? Because God told us to come then. And, and, and then is then. I, I, I'm not going to wait two years so it's better for me. Uh, if God, like God's God, we've got to trust him. When he says now, okay, it's now, we'll, we'll sell up and come. And uh, I, I believe that, that, you know, those things are important. God says, I want you to go and talk to your neighbour. They go, oh, man, I don't like him. I wait till tomorrow, maybe it'll go away. I mean, that's just not the thing to do, is it? You know what I mean? Like, I, I just sent a text to a lady the other day. I just had her on my heart and I just felt I should do that. Stop everything and send the text off. It's now, God's saying. It's now, you know. It's just, uh, probably told you once before of a young man who, uh, uh, he was a great young fella. He was, uh, he was just about ready to be appointed the youth leader of the church he was in. He was doing all the right things and there was a young fella in the youth group and uh, he may have even been the pastor, the youth leader, whatever. And he, um, he was working one day. He was, uh, he was carting wheat, bag, bags of wheat when they used to bag it, Jenny. And, you know, uh, yeah. And, uh, uh, and God put this young man on his heart. And it was like, pray for him, pray for him. And uh, he thought, oh, well, I'll, gee, I'm in the middle of throwing bags of wheat up, you know, hang him, I'll pray for him later, I'll, I'll you know, you've got to get things in order, I'll pray when I get home tonight and I'm, I'll pray for him then. And uh, so he got home that night and forgot all about this young fella. And then the next day he was in town getting some parts and a lady from the church said, did you hear what happened to young so-and-so? He said, no. This was the young man whom God had put on his heart at a certain time yesterday morning. And at that time yesterday morning, this young fellow made a decision that caused all sorts of trouble in his life. He thought, I should have been praying for him. I could have been praying as I was throwing bags. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's a now thing and we've got to be obedient now to God. And uh, I do believe God's timing is involved at times. At other times it's not. It's just the thing sometimes we might feel we yeah, probably need to look at doing this or changing that or something we could look at and yeah, pray about. But other times it's now. God says, hey, I want you to do this now. And uh, we need to be obedient to that. Was Elijah obedient? I don't know that he was. And so I'm not standing here today knocking Elijah. Please understand. Um, I see his strengths and I see his weaknesses as well. And uh, I don't see any real concession to God and saying, oh, how stupid was I to doubt you, to not trust you. I've come all this way for nothing, Lord, I'll go back, deal with me, lead me. I don't really see that coming from him. 
Uh, maybe it did, I don't know, but it's not in the word that it did. And uh, so this is what the Lord said to Elijah, okay, in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 15 and 16. And uh, after, you know, he got up there and the Lord said, what are you doing here? And he's uh, asked him twice. He's been twice explained by Elijah why he came. This is what the Lord said to him. Verse 15, the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way. Go back the way you came to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazael as king over Syria. Also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel, Mahalah, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. Is that simple? You under, who understands that? I, I think I do. And I don't think God just said, well, you know, this is, there's no order in this, just do whatever you like, you know. He said, he said, when you arrive, when you get back there, anoint Hazel as king over Syria. That's that's first thing. That's what you do when you get back there. And also, after that, also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat of some place, you shall anoint as prophet in your place, as your successor. That's pretty simple, isn't it? So what did Elisha do? Did he, Elisha, he was a good guy. Elijah, what did he do? It doesn't say he went back anywhere. He went and found Elisha, his successor, and anointed him. This guy was in the miseries, wasn't he? I'm, I'm beaten, I'm defeated, I'm no better than me father's. I'm <laughs> he went and threw his mantle over Elisha, you're the man, take over. Like he, he, It doesn't sound to me like he took authority over what was going on and obeyed God. Because you see, if he had obeyed God in, in, in God's order, his obedience would have fixed the problems he had in his life. Like what, what was his two stated problems? That Israel was in a bad way. And you got this Jezebel, you know, after me now. You know, they've killed the prophets and now they're after me. So there's the two pressing things that he gave as his reasons for running and seeking God in this faraway place where he once appeared to someone else. And so King Hazel of Syria, God used as an instrument to bring correction to Israel. But he did nothing about, uh, uh, you know, anointing him. Some say, oh, he must have done, but there's no record in Scripture of it. And uh, I, I can't find anywhere that he did. Perhaps someone may have anointed him later. It's a little difficult to follow it through and really see, but I don't think Elijah did. And uh, uh, Elisha sent a son of the prophet to uh, 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 anoint a point uh, Jehu, king of Israel. And what did he do? He killed Jezebel. So there's two problems out of the way if he had done things in God's order. But he just... In the miseries, poor man went and anointed his successor and his ministry never finished the way it could perhaps have finished. It it just tapered off and Elisha took over and there was twice as many miracles as Elijah did. And, and so what, what do we gain from that? What do we learn from that this morning? Well, we've, um, we need 
to be obedient to what God asks us to do, I guess. That's first thing, that's foremost. Uh, uh, we need to finish well. We need to make good choices in order to finish well. And, and we need to, when God gives us an order, I think we need to, to do what he asks us to do in the order he asks us to do it. Because the minute we stop doing that, what are we saying? Well, I know better than you, God. I'll do this first because, you know, this is blah, blah. No. <laughs> We've got to be obedient to what he calls us to do. And we want to finish well, don't we? But there's, there's so many people that don't finish well. I want everyone here to be good finishers. Amen. <laughs> Seriously good finishers. I love that about my old granddaddy. Finished well, my, my, uh, uh, maternal grandfather. He was a beautiful old bloke and I think I've told you I'm so proud of him. He led an old man in the nursing home where he was to the Lord and on the way back they'd been mopping the floor and he slipped over and broke his hip and the big vein that runs down there and he died not long after that and uh, what a way to go out. It's good to go out well, isn't it? Not going out in doubt or defeat or no, not knowing what he believed anymore, etc., etc. Man, you go out with a bang, I reckon, eh? Praise God. So it's really important to do that. But we, you know, do you see the need for obedience? Do you see the need for letting God, the Holy Spirit, work in us to change us to be more and more like Jesus? Because that's what He wants to do. Because that stops a lot of this stuff happening. If we'll submit to the work of the Holy Spirit. A lot of the, the personality stuff and the depressive things and the uh, whatever, you know, can get lifted off our lives if we will let God work and strengthen us in the weak areas that we may have because he wants to do that. He understands he made us he, and, and that's what he really wants to do. Number three, for Christians, things are never as bad as they seem. Is that right? For Christians. They're never, ever as bad as they seem. Never, ever, ever. Like, uh, and I'm just thinking, and, and like Greg mentioned it this morning, and and Pam sort of pinched a bit of my thunder all the way through her little message too, but uh, never as bad as, you know, there were 7,000 left. He wasn't the only one. He was out by 69,000, for goodness sake. You know, like it's not, it's a pretty big miss, isn't it? And... Uh, <laughs> Praise God. But uh, there's much concern about our nation at the moment. I mean, I read all the junk about safe schools and teaching kindergarten kids. Man, I tell you what, I, I just, yeah. I, feel, I, I think I know why I'm married to my wife because I just feel like going around and going bang, just letting them have one. Like, think, how could you be so stupid? Really, you know, you've had a little baby, Mrs. Schultz, have you? Oh, dear me. What is it? Oh, well, we don't know yet, you know, it could be either one. Goodness me, pretty obvious what they are, isn't it? Like, goodness. And when did boys ever like girls when they're growing up? Girls, yeah, we played with the boys and they played with the girls. It's not until later on when a few hormone things start happening, you think, gee, I think they look all right. You know, like it, you know what, you, you know what I'm talking about, are you not? And, uh, uh, 
fancy teaching a little kid because he doesn't like just I cannot believe what's going on. But I tell you what, I am absolutely sure of one thing. God can turn nations around without any problem at all. I believe that with all my heart. So while I am concerned, and I mean, you know, if the if the laws come in that you've got to marry homosexuals, well, I ain't. And so I guess I'm going to break the law, aren't I? And that could mean anything. But uh, I'm not terribly excited about everything they're proposing, but I do know that God can turn nations around. And what we need to be doing is not getting down in the dumps about it all, but praying for our nation. And I reckon keep your eye on the board out there at the petitions and stuff that come through. And uh, if there's something there you haven't signed, sign it. If there's something there you haven't seen, use your device, log on or join uh, Family Voice Australia, uh, Australian Christian Lobby are both decent organisations. Keep up because the more people that are signing stuff and saying, no, we are not for this, they will notice because they notice votes. That's the only thing they got sense about. And uh, uh, as distraught as that makes me at times, we just need to pray for our nation. But God can turn it around. Amen? Really believe that. I, I, I just love like Isaiah 11.9. I read this and I read it and I think, wow. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Do the waters cover the sea? They cover the sea, all right. <laughs> you know, like, how big is that? The glory and the knowledge of the Lord shall cover the earth. Like, I, I, why can't that happen? read about revival, I'd rather have one. Seriously, you know. I don't read much about them because the way God did them once, he never ever does again. People spend their lifetime studying, trying to work out some pattern. God will do what God does. And God does things different all the time. That's my contention with Elijah running up to Mount Horeb because so what? God met Moses there and did this and this and this. You're not Moses, you're Elijah. I'm using you in a different day, a different time, a different ministry. It's all different, Elijah. What are you doing here? Go back the way you came. But God can turn our nation around. I declare that today. I believe that with all my heart. You know, when I was a little kid growing up, we had the Iron Curtain. Some of you probably never heard of such things. And and the, the Russians were going to take, communism was going to take over the whole world and and the Chinese were going to do whatever, and uh, they're just buying us out because the government lets them buy all our land, silly fools. But anyway, uh, the iron bamboo curtain, they're gone. Where are they gone? And why did it happen? Through political pressure and, and negotiation? It really came about because the, the uh, conversion to Christianity was so huge in all those nations, they could not control it. They went to having state churches to try and, okay, we'll legalise it. It's like prostitution, we can't handle this, so we'll legalise it and then we'll run it. Joking, like uh, you can't run it, you know, like seriously. And it just got so out of hand that it's just blown them to pieces, really. And uh, And I'm not saying it couldn't go back either. Like if people start neglecting and turning away from God, 
But I just, I so believe God can do anything, even turn nations around. And I believe he can turn our nation of Australia around, I really do. Number four, I better get moving quick. No one ever died from eating humble pie. Did you know that? You know? Unless it was at a really bad bakery in some third world country that don't have stainless steel bench tops. Maybe they did, I don't know. But uh, to my best of my knowledge, no one's ever died from eating humble pie. Turn around, Elijah, go back the way you came. Do I have to go that way? Everyone will see me coming back. Tough luck. <laughs> like, you know, sometimes it takes a bigger man, sometimes it takes a bigger woman to turn around and say, I was wrong, I got it wrong, going back and I'm starting again. And it does to keep ploughing on when it's all upside down and we won't stop because we won't listen. That's pretty stupid, isn't it? Remember my dad coming back from Melbourne one time, poor old dad. The only thing that mattered to dad was distance, travelled. Time meant nothing. If it took you eight hours to get home from Melbourne but you saved a mile, he, he thought that was a win. Time, and I thought time was the essence of everything, but not with Dad. Remember he said to Mum one day, he said, I've looked at this peg, I've looked at the map. Because, you know, we lived in Kyabram, so the quickest way to Melbourne was to Tour and Murchison and down to Seymour and down the highway to Melbourne. But no, he said, I think if we turn off at Kilmore and go up the northern highway to Heathcote and then turn and go along to Greytown and then through the Rushworth Forest, he said, I believe we can cut four mile off the trip. There's all gravel road and God-forsaken country out there. And I remember the old Zephyr driving and driving and after about two hours, Mum said, you're lost, Keith, aren't you? No, not lost, never been lost. Stupid country roads would have put some signs up. I don't know where I was, but I'm not lost. She says, you are, because that old shed there that's fallen down, we went past that an hour and a half. I did not go past that shed. No, it was Lord. My old man had a temper about that, a fuse about that short, and so us kids are sitting in the back seat. Uh, and not a lot of comment, but mum sort of never knew when to shut up. And so uh, in the end, <laughs> she says, look at the fuel gauge. Keith, look, it's sitting on the pin. It is not, it is not. She said, look at it, it is. Shut up. Thinking, mate, this is going to be a big explosion in a minute here. So, so <laughs> in the end, Dad stopped the car and he got out and he cursed the government and abused the government and the country roads board and the local shire and the forestry commission. I just went, just lost it at the top of his voice and he got in the car and he only went from here to the sound booth. And he was right out the back of the Rushworth Hospital. <laughs> There's all these people sitting out there on tables and chairs. <laughs> and so, Look at that, Keith. They all heard you there. Show up, he said. Yeah, just. Uh, <laughs> it it might have been better to say, "Yeah, look, I think I am a bit lost." Um, you know, <laughs> you, you think it might be. But you might think it's funny, but look, the thing is. People go through life lost and they won't stop. 
I reckon that's why Moses went around in the desert 40 years. He wouldn't stop and ask directions, but it really wasn't his fault, was it? But you know what I mean? Sometimes in life we just probably need to stop and think, okay, that's enough. This is not working. Why am I doing this if it's not working? Why expect a different result from the the thing you've got the same result from doing all, all through your life? It's just it's silly to do that. Sometimes we just need to change our approach and what we're doing and sometimes, as I say, it takes a bigger man, a bigger woman sometimes to stand up and say, I'm going to make changes here than just keep ploughing through because you never get anywhere. Can I, uh, can I finish by saying <coughs> this? Both Elijah and Moses had human weaknesses. Moses had temper like that. And so you can laugh about temper tantrums, but they're close to insanity. They alienate your family and they alienate everyone and uh, your workmates. And I tell you what, they can keep you from from receiving the best promises of God at times too. He missed out on leading Israel into the promised land. That was his heart's desire. You stupid people, you always, how long have I got to got the rod and whack and hit the rock? And really wrecked a beautiful type of Christ. And he said, that's it, Moses, you're not going in. You're not going in. How hard was that? Yeah. Sad. But, you know, our weaknesses can cause us big problems. We need to keep God, uh, let God keep working in us. We really do. But um, while I say that, God knew about their weaknesses and he used them mightily anyway. So I'm not saying you have to <clears throat> get to a stage today, stage in your life where you're so perfect. God will use you now. But the deal is you've got to keep letting him work on you. And you've got to be open and honest before him. That's, that's the deal as I see scripture. We hope this podcast has been a real blessing to you. If you'd like to know more about Life Church Vanilla, search the web for Life Church Vanilla or search Facebook for Life Church Vanilla. Have a fantastic week.